0: For Pastor Michael, Lord God, I thank you for the experience and the wisdom that he carries. Lord God, I thank you for the investment that he's made over many, many years to your house and to your kingdom. And Lord, we just want to be open this morning to hear you through what Michael has prepared and he's going to share. For the honour and glory of your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. It's a privilege to be able to stand
1: and worship the Saviour with you all. And also to be able to talk just for a short time about the love of God and the power of his spirit. I'm reading this morning from 2 Kings 4, if you've got your Bibles, and uh, it may be paper, it may be electric, I don't know, but I'm over 80, so I'm paper. Right. Here we go, 2 Kings 4. The wife of the man from the company of the prophets called Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. You know he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied, how can I help you? Tell me what you do have in your house. Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you. And your sons, pour out the oil in all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him, and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept on pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her sons, bring me another. But he, they replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped pouring. She went out and told the man of God and said to him, he said to her, Go to the sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. This lady, whose husband was one of the prophets back in that day, her husband had died. It was a tragedy for her, but became more desperate when there came the debtors to her door. And they wanted repayment. And she had no payment. And they said, well, we'll take your two sons as slaves, which might sound very harsh to us today, but unfortunately, back in the day, that was not unusual. So she went to the prophet Elisha. Now, Elisha had just had an amazing experience because only a short time before, he'd been walking with a man called Elijah And then the moment came when Elijah was going to go. God had made a way. Elijah was going to disappear. And Elisha looked at him and he said, But if you're going, I want your blessing. And he said, Well, if you see me when I go, then you'll get it. But Elijah went a bit further. He said, I want a double portion of your blessing. I think that's wonderful, you know, that we can look at God and we can know that the Holy Spirit is here this morning. And he's moving by his power in every one of your lives right now where you sit. And you have the ability, just like Elisha, to say, I don't just want a blessing, I want a double portion. But let's go back to the lady. She was desperate, destitute, obviously in great bereavement and sorrow of heart. And Elisha looked at her and said, Well, I don't really know what to do. What have you got? And she said very simply, Nothing at all. And then she thought, just a little oil. He said, okay, then go and get your neighbours, speak to them, get jars, as many as you can, and fill them up. Now here's the point of our talk and ministry this morning. That moment of decision for her was the impossible. You see, I believe, and have proved over you know, many decades, that we have a God who deals in the impossible. You see, we talk about miracles. To him, it's no miracle. It's not a miracle when he heals somebody or they get raised from the dead or the people's lives are transformed. That's not a miracle to God. It is to us because we're human, but not to him. It's what he does. That's who he is. And we know that with him, nothing is impossible. It may be this morning you've come here and you are like this dear widow lady and you're desperate and you feel awful, you're broken down, your life is not going well and things are looking worse. But then you come to that moment when you ask, and here's the thing, never be afraid to ask. Obviously, the first person you'll ask is the Savior. He's with you in your home when you're washing the dishes, when you go home and you're stirring the gravy. He's there. The power of the Almighty God is with you in every moment of every part of your life. He never leaves you. He walks with you every step of the way. This is the Savior who loves you so much. And the Holy Spirit, the very power of God himself that was dealing in this situation all those years ago is the same God here this morning. And you may be saying, like that lady, I haven't got anything. I've got nothing. But Elijah said, well, let's have that little bit of oil. She had then to take a gigantic step of faith. How on earth can a little bit of oil transform into Huge quantities because she needed that. But I learned as a young boy many years ago watching my father when this church was in its infancy and, you know, he was doing all sorts of things and you would think to yourself, how can that be? How can God do anything? He was there in the front room of our house playing the violin. That's all we'd got. He could only play the violin and he played it quite well but that really was all we'd got to sing the songs. You see, today... We've got a multitude of guitars. We've got drums, and we have had a junior drummer today. I mean, you may have noticed him. He was doing very well, and keyboards and so on. Now, we think that's normal. Well, actually, it's not. And when God moves, you know, it doesn't have to be a ginormous orchestra. It doesn't have to be something of magnificence and something to behold. I love music, but my, as a youngster, my first recollections of music were my father playing a violin. And he led these young people that we'd got off the street. This was not long after the war. And they came to our house, the place was crowded out, and he'd stand in this corner by the fireplace. There was like a little alcove, and he stood there, squashed in there. He couldn't move. And he played the violin and gave us these songs. The songs that Today, I notice some of the younger generation, maybe our worship people in our church, look at them and think they're old old hat and out of date. Well, let me tell you, they were the very foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. Never put things down. It may be old. I may be old, but don't don't put me down. What we know is this, that those little things, those little moments, that violin. How could God start a church from that? Yeah. These are young people that to come off the street. After a war, some of them got no shoes on their feet. They're little children. And, 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 you know, they were in a desperate state. The teenagers had nowhere to go. Their world hadn't really started in the middle of that war. And they had no answer. But my father, bless him, with his violin. And my mother, of course was part of it. She had to kind of give permission to use the settee and the chairs and the tables and anything else to sit on. But that was okay because that was just the joy of the Lord flooding through. I know that that was a small beginning. It was a drop of oil. The whole world was in chaos. Our country was bereft devastated, there was ruination all over the place not many of you here today will remember that of course but the place was desperate but in that desperation a violin was the start and from that this church grew, of course they got too big to be in the front room and so they built a tin shed on our back garden it seated about 50 people how wonderful well I thought it was I, I could hear them singing when I was sent to bed at night and they were worshipping the Lord and those I'm sure it was corrugated down you know I'm sure those rafter bits they rattled and the neighbours you know they didn't mind they would come and stand at the gate of their gardens because they came round like that and they would hear the singing and they would be there arms folded and some of them even join in and who knows what happened through them in the days ahead. As a little boy, I heard that, and it was a a night, a Tuesday night, when we had a prayer meeting, and uh, I remember them there, everybody was praying, and they were worshiping the Lord, and I could hear it now, so I want to be there, but I'm only eight, and I'm not allowed. And I felt quite sad, but something came over me. I think you could call it rebellion, but anyway, I, I, I put on my trousers, which were only short trousers, and I got my long pyjamas on, so I don't want to know what it looked like, but we went, I went from there, and I sneaked down the stairs and went into that little shed and sat on that seat just inside the door. And I just bathed, and I mean bathed, in that beautiful sense as the presence of God. As you did today, there was a moment there when heaven came down and as I was sat there minding my own business suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon me and I began to speak with other tongues now I'd heard other people do it of course but me well there it was and that was me in trouble deep deep trouble my parents had this squeaky voice and they looked and saw me in the corner well thank goodness the service was coming to the end anyway so it was all right and I was ready to run but they got me and they said now look you really mustn't have done that we told you not to and you should have obeyed so what to do well they did both they praised God because I've been filled with the spirit (laughs) and then they told me off for disobedience (laughs) only eight I was very small a small beginning I was privileged months later to talk to children off the estate in our front garden and tell them that Jesus loved them I wasn't copying my father exactly but it certainly sounded like it I suppose but those children and one lady came to me one day in this very church and said you won't remember me but I was one of those children in your front garden and when you asked us to come to Jesus I came and I'm still here today. Now, small beginnings. A little bit of oil. And you might say to me today, well, I've got nothing. I, I, I am nothing. To him, you're everything. Don't you dare tell him that you have nothing. No, you may not be able to play a violin. Neither can I. You may not be a preacher. Well, neither am I. You might not be a song leader. Neither am I. The fact still remains that whatever you are, whoever you are, the Savior this morning wants to allow and wants you to allow the Holy Spirit of God to come into your world, whatever you see it as being so small, or you're not perfect, secret, let me tell you, none of us are perfect. And you know what? You never will be. Until you see Jesus face to face, then the Bible says, we shall be like him. But until that day, you're human. Get over it. (laughs) The Savior knows. The Holy Spirit knows. He's there to comfort you. He's there to to empower you. That little bit of oil that that lady had, she obeyed. She took that step of faith. And they brought those jars, her two sons, and they kept on bringing them. And as they brought them, they were filled. How? I'm not going to go into the technicalities. I don't care, because that was a miracle. The biggest miracle was that that lady who was so destitute and broken now could see a future. Her sons weren't going to be taken. They were going to live, and there was going to be enough money in the kitty for them to live, as well as pay the debtor. That was the story for them. They proved God in a very powerful way. And I would say to you this morning, whoever you are, no matter how old you are, and I can speak to that age category, or how young you are, and I can speak to that age category because I was there when those things happened and I saw God. When this church, and remember this building was not the building obviously in those days, But we were around in a cafe called Copper Cogs in in Long Eaton, if you know it, on Oxford Street corner there. And that's where our church became so that we could worship there. It took 200 people and it was full. And there I saw miracles. I saw people whose legs grew and so on, various things. I've told the stories before. One lady came whose name was Mrs. Grummet. And she had no kneecaps back in the day. And so she would come over to church. She lived over where Asda is now. There were some houses there. And she came over and she gave her life to Jesus. Wonderful. Then she said, I want to be baptized. Right. Father looked at me and he said, uh, Michael, we've got a situation. I said, What's that? He said, there's a lady who wants to be baptised. I said, oh, great. he said, no, she she has no knees, so she can't bend. She would not have been able to be baptised here in that little thing there. (laughs) No way. And so he said, but you know, Michael, he said, I want you to help me. If you, and I'll get one of the other guys to help you, if you can lift her through. He said, we'll do it. And so I did. And we did. And she came out the other side. And bless her, her knees hadn't grown. She was still had no kneecaps. But the joy of the Lord on her face, the absolute peace in her soul. And then she came back next Sunday. And she was telling us what a wonderful, wonderful thing it was to be baptized. Well, we know that. We've all done that. I wasn't allowed until I was 12 because that was deemed to be the age of discretion as far as Jesus was concerned. So my parents, when you're 12 and you know what you're doing, you can do it. I've been filled with the Spirit at eight. I mean, come on. But anyway, so she said, I want to give a testimony, Pastor, to my father. He said, right, lovely. So she got up and she testified to how wonderful it was to be baptized. But then she said, but here's the thing. Every night since I had the operations... I would nudge my husband and ask him to turn me over because I can't do it. And if you do try to do it without knees, caps, trust me, it's almost impossible. She said, but do you know what? After being baptised, I didn't nudge my husband to turn over. She said, but I did nudge him to tell him that he didn't need to turn me over. From that day onwards, as far as she was concerned, something had happened in her body, in her ability, in her physique, that she could turn her body herself. This is a mature lady of good standing. But the thing is, to her, that was the miracle. I know that the God that we serve and the Lord that we love so loves us and wants to empower us so much But we often do it and call him short. You'll notice the lady did not stop pouring. When she'd done two or three jars and thought, oh, well, that'll be enough to pay the bill, she didn't. She kept on. And she kept pouring and she kept pouring until the oil stopped because there was no more jars. I want you this morning to understand this in very very clear terms God does not want you to stop pouring, He does not want you to stop asking. He wants you to take hold of him in all his power and majesty and glory and he wants to fill your life with joy, with peace and if you're bereft like this dear lady was then he wants to bring joy to your soul. And if you're a person that says well I don't know much about God and I'm not a very good Christian hey, look, remember this I've told you, you're not perfect you never will be so it's not an issue. God loves you just as you are there's a story back in the time of Victoria when the coach broke down and, uh, and the, uh, there was a young boy one of these scruffy merchants and things and he was, he was on the side of the road and he helped the man to get the wheel back on and Victoria saw that and she said to one of her servant guys that little boy I want you to bring him to me and they said but you can't and she said why not well, he's dirty, he's, he's, he's no, he doesn't look good, it, you know, he, he is what he is, he's probably got lice and things. You know. She said, no, bring him, no, no, we'll go and get him washed. She said, no, bring him just as he is. And that's the thing, you don't have to prepare, you don't have to suddenly become perfect, you don't have to suddenly do things that are so wonderful. Jesus, the lover of your soul, came and died on that cross to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's a one-off deal. All we need to do thereafter is keep on remembering his love, opening our doors, our hearts to him. Let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. He wants to empower you it doesn't matter how long you've been saved you might have been saved just a few weeks or maybe even not at all today when I use the word saved I mean giving your life to Jesus Christ today you can do that and it isn't rocket science all you do is say Jesus I've heard about you today I know you love me you died for me. You rose again from the dead. And I believe that you can be my savior. You can forgive my past. You only have to say those words. And it will be done. You may be someone who's known the Lord Jesus for quite a long time. That life has been awful to you. Like this lady who was used, with her husband being one of the prophets, used to being in the spiritual realm. But it didn't alter the fact that things can go badly wrong, but ask, just ask. The Holy Spirit of God will come into your soul and he will lift you up and he'll refresh you and he'll bring back to you remembrances and things of how you've seen what God has done in the past. Okay, you don't have my history. Not many people do. A lot to be grateful for it. But the fact still remains that wherever you have come from or who you are, no matter how much you feel, well, I'm only there, I'm, I'm nothing. Oh, how much he wants to take that nothing and multiply it again and again and again by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to transform your life. He wants to make you a new creation. When I was the pastor in Edinburgh years ago now, the church was a big 450-seater church. And when I was about to come onto the platform, the organist who got a sense of humour, well, sort of, it was Scottish, and if you're Scottish, bless you. <laughs> well, we spent 20 years there, you know, we know what it's like, it's all good. But he, he had got this sense of humour, and they, there was a song, I'm a new creation I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away, I've been born again, more than a conqueror, that's who I am. I'm a new creation, a brand new man. He knew I liked that song. And so just about the time I was due to come into the sanctuary, the organ would strike that song and everybody knew I was coming. (laughs) Don't ask me why, but they did. And the beautiful thing is this, that song was so real because I am a new creation. Old things have passed away, I've been born again. More than a conqueror. Not just a conqueror, because just a conqueror just kind of conquers and and gets on with it. But more than a conqueror, you reap the benefit of conquering. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. The power of the Holy Spirit moves in your body. If you're ill this morning and you need the touch of the Master's hand, He's here. The Holy Spirit moving through this congregation right now, He can touch your body. It might be in your soul, it might be in your spirit, it might be in your mind, but he loves you so much and he wants you to know you can be a new creation. Don't sell yourself short. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep praying. And, you know, just going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You may know that. You know, reading your Bible doesn't make you a Christian. The devil knows the Bible back to front. He really does. He was there when they were written. All these scriptures were put together. What we've got is a kind of a hodgepodge of things that happened over centuries of time. Satan was there. He knows all that. Just reading your Bible doesn't save you. But when you just stop in that moment in your life and just say, Jesus... Take me as I am. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be the man, the woman, the young person that you really want me to be. And he will do it. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit of God will come upon you, every one of you, wherever you're sitting, whatever your circumstance. I don't need to know it. He does. I can't change it. He can. And I pray this morning that you'll just know that the lover of your soul, the Savior himself, is here by the power of his spirit to touch you and make you whole. Savior, we thank you this morning that we can come to you and we can know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. But Lord, you often see us in our weary world today where so many things are awful and even our lives are never straight. But you have promised that you'll never forsake us. We've heard that so much in our songs this morning. You're so constant. And Holy Spirit, you have absolute power to change our lives. And I pray, Lord, that right now this morning you will come with that power And that you will touch everybody in this room. Those who need the healing touch, Lord, now bring to them the divine touch of your hand. Those who need that beautiful assurance that you love them in their depressive moment, Lord, take hold of them, lift them up. Lord, for those who just are finding their way, Lord, let them know that you have so much more for them. Now, Holy Spirit, take control Have your perfect way. And that will be to the glory of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. If you want to talk to me or to Pastor Andrew after the service or one of the elders, because they will make themselves available to you, you are able to do that. No problem at all. The Lord bless you. And it's not raining. I just thought I'd let you know that. I saw people coming in this morning. In fact, I brought my Mac. Yvonne, my wife, bless her, said to me, I'm not taking mine. It's in the car. And I thought, that's a bit, you know, that could be difficult. She's got more faith than me, you see. The Lord bless you, and have a great week.
0: Amen. What Pastor Michael doesn't know is that um, on Wednesday evening, this last week, Thursday evening, it was an evening this week, we, we met with Freddie and Georgie to pray and to plan for our young people, and um, we just felt God stirring us with that exact passage, Michael, that, um, that in the little that we're giving over to him, that he'd do a lot. So it's a, it's a double blessing for me today, just to reaffirm God's word to us and I believe it's 75 years Michael since the church in this area was established from that small beginning the hundreds if not thousands of people that have been touched in this area over the years just incredible just incredible and and, you know we were praying praying for the young people and into that passage on uh, this last week because we feel that that we're seeing that God's been doing that you know, when we came back after COVID, and we had to close all our meetings down and things. And um, we, we had four young people, three or four young people that remained on Zoom. And as you'll see, that, that many of them left, as they left the service this morning. God's doing something fresh. There's a new season, church. It's a new season. So can, can we hold on to that word, pray into it in this next week? that whatever small beginnings that we find in our life trusting God that he'll release his kingdom and his power through our lives that he can do more and as Michael read this morning there's one particular passage and I just would like us to pray into this before we close our time this morning it was Elijah that he asked what, what do you have in the house and we talk about this place us being God's house in this area his house building something here and and I I considered as Michael shared that this morning well what, what is in this house and there's just incredible potential and as Michael shared that maybe some of us have stopped pouring when the instruction was to keep pouring and I encourage us this morning in that word that maybe if that's a word for us that we embrace that and we've stopped pouring, we've stopped serving we've stopped doing whatever it might be but let the Holy Spirit stirs with a keep on pouring can we can we stand together as we close our time this morning and maybe it's helpful for us just to open our hands to the Holy Spirit this this widow gave of the little that she had and as Michael said in that moment a miracle was released and we're just giving to God afresh this morning what we have And we're going to keep pouring what is placed in our lives and in our hands. Keep pouring. Can I encourage you, maybe uh, just feel, feel a word that maybe there's someone that's been praying for the prodigals in their family. Can I encourage you, keep pouring out your prayers for the prodigals. Keep pouring out. There's a miracle at the end of your reaching out. Oh, Father God. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you. Father, I pray that that word would just drop in our spirits this morning. That as we look around at the amazing people in this place and consider those who are off on the holidays at the moment as well, that what have you put in this house? You have put incredible potential to reach this community in this house. Lord whether we feel that we're small and insignificant Lord I pray that we'd understand this morning that in your hands we find significance and purpose and destiny Father I pray that if anyone has felt that they've stopped pouring Lord I pray that you'd give them the unction through your Holy Spirit this morning to keep on pouring keep on pouring oh in Jesus name just pray as we Sing this final song this morning. Your Holy Spirit continue to work in and through us for the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen.